Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Master Your Mindset podcast. I am your host, J.R. Fink, and today on our show, we have Julian. Julian is a Toronto-based fitness, lifestyle, and self-care expert with a passion, sorry, with a passion for personal growth, spending time in nature, and cooking new recipes. He has a soulful approach to fitness, helping you shift your mindset to reach your goals. In 2017, he was voted one of Toronto's best personal trainers. What's up, Julian? How are How's you doing? Going, Jeremy? It's great to see you again, buddy. Yeah, it's good to see you, man. It's good to hear your voice. How are things going? It's going all right. It's going all right. Yeah? What's going on in the world of uh, personal fitness? What's, what's going on in my business? Yeah, just what's going on in the fitness lifestyle world. How are things going? Oh, it's good. I mean, you know, the industry is always growing. It's always expanding. Okay. What, what, kind of client, what kind of clients are you, are you currently working with? I mostly work with beginners. Okay. Yeah, people that are new to fitness is really what my main clientele and tends to be. And I help them build the, develop some confidence and experience in the gym so that they can eventually take, take over on their own for their workouts. Okay. And what kind of, what kind of clientele are you working with? Are you working with a young, younger group? Demographic-wise, yeah. yeah. Kind of a little bit of a mixed bag. It, it tends to skew in the 30s. But, I mean, I have clients that are into their 50s and a couple that are students. So, yeah, it changes all the time. Okay. So, so when someone signs up with you, what kind of, like, onboarding do they have to go through before they start getting into the, into the gym? Well, the first thing that we have to do is figure out where they're starting from, right? So once, we have an, once I have an idea of what their goals are and we make them specific, that's probably the first thing that happens because everybody comes in with this very vague notion of a, of a goal. Everybody, almost. Now, it's always loose. I want to lose weight. I want to build muscle. I want to talk about all these things. And so what we have to do is, is attach some actual values to that okay well how much weight do you want to lose how much time do you want to give yourself um what are your motivations behind it can we get something emotional driving them that's where i'm coming from so that they get a lot more invested in their own journey because if that doesn't happen if that doesn't happen when you hit a slump or a plateau which inevitably happens to everybody then that's that's where the quitting happens so that's why uh everybody knows about the, the january rush in gyms yes. and it falls off when people realize they don't really know what they're doing and they lose that initial motivation because they haven't had a properly structured uh journey or program that matches what their goals are so so it sounds like you're basically using like an external kind of uh, motivator as opposed to internal like end of the year all of a sudden i feel like they have to get to the gym now because that's kind of what like the norm is, right? End of the year kicks in, you gotta get your new goals for the next year. January kicks in, you hit the gym, as opposed to like, you know, having those things kind of, having internal goals where you wanna like feel better, have more energy, look better, and so on. It really depends on what motivates the individual, right? Because some people will be really motivated by, you know, okay, I wanna lose 10 pounds in three months which is very doable. 
Some people are like, you know, if I don't, if I don't lose 10 pounds, I, I always pick on 10 pounds. It seems to be the most common goal. Okay. Uh, if I don't lose 10 pounds, I have to pay my friend a thousand bucks. Oh, that's cool. Or what I thought, what I find generally the strongest goal is the ones that have maximum accountability. Like I have a vacation, I have a wedding, I have a photo shoot. Okay. Be featured on TV that I, you know, I want to get in shape for all these things. So that is a hard deadline. It's, it's a, it's the type of motivation that will get you up and get you going, even if you don't want to. And that's really what the key is. Are those, are those types of clients then the ones that are most successful? Always, always. Always. So they have the ones that are um, self-driving, right? And I mean, even for myself, sometimes it's just a habit to go to the gym, but I always find the motivation is much stronger when I have, when I have that, uh, that date in or that external motivator, as you said, right? They kind of play very closely together, internal, external, intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, extrinsic. Okay, so for the people that don't have those kind of like, those big goals, like a wedding or gonna be on TV or such, how do you kind of motivate them then to, like when they hit those plateaus, how do you get them through those plateaus so they keep going? Well, first and foremost, I mean, they have a trainer, so that helps. How you don't, because a lot of the time it'll just be like a matter of having that appointment booked. So for people like that, that struggle with self-motivation when it comes to fitness, uh, having some kind of accountability system in place. Maybe it's, maybe it's a workout partner, maybe it's a class, maybe it's a trainer, but I find that's important because we're talking about brilliant people and what they do. They're experts in what they do, professional through and through. But fitness, is, it's, it's not something that maybe they enjoy. It's more like medicine for them. It's like, I, you know, I, I have to do it for my longevity because not everybody has a physical. Some people, honestly, it's, yeah, it's like you said, it's, it's, I want more energy, I want better health, I want to, I want to live longer, um, and they don't have the same type of drive that perhaps a bodybuilder would, where it's like, okay, this is for me, because I want to look better, right? Okay, so uh, on your website, you talk about um, identifying, you know, limiting beliefs that are holding people back. Can you talk, like, how you kind of incorporate that into your um, what do you call it, coaching sessions or training sessions or programs? Yeah, yeah, training. Well, a very common belief is that um, they can't do something. But the more dangerous ones, I don't know if dangerous is the right word, but the ones that tend to slip under the radar are the subconscious limiting beliefs. Right? Some conscious meaning they don't consciously understand that this is something that is, uh, that is a deep-seated belief for them, right? So how this, how this manifests in somebody's fitness journey is typically they have this image of themselves. Right? You have an image of yourself what you look like physically, okay? And if that starts to change too much, as it inevitably does because fitness is a science and all you have to do is apply the science and apply yourself, but if that image of your physical body changes too much, the subconscious belief kicks in and it brings you right back. So this is one of the underlying reasons that people can yo-yo back and forth between their weight a lot. It's the subconscious belief. It could be a number of different things. It could be 
I don't, I don't deserve to look this good. <laughs> right. Okay. I, I definitely see where you're going with this. Right. Other examples, because I think that really helps. Well, okay. So I had a client that, um, she she was a little overweight. I mean, she looked fine, but you know, there's some cellulite on the thighs, a little bit loose. She lost 20 pounds in three months. Wow. She just really applied herself. Okay. But what I observed after I started learning more about the subconscious mind is is there's this you know she's getting now she's dealing with these things that weren't present in her life when she was quote unquote overweight, right? She's getting way more attention from men. She's getting a lot of compliments. And so what potentially happened, I mean, this is theoretical, I'm not a psychologist here, but what potentially happened is, is this, this subconscious belief starts kicking in. Like, I don't deserve this. I'm not worthy of this attention, right? I'm having all these good things happening to me. I'm not used to this. My life isn't supposed to be like this, or I'm not used to my life being like this. So a lot of things kicked in. She self-sabotaged hard to the point that she gained more weight than what she initially started with over the next couple of months. Was she still training with you during that time or did she stop training with you? She stopped training with me. Everything, okay. It started, like, it started regressing while we were still training together and it was coinciding with a big pickup in work for her. Uh, and then when I checked in, I followed up with her a few months down the road. She comes back in must have been six or eight months later because she actually she stopped training with me for a bit and yeah the weight was higher than we started with the first time wow so it sounds like so she transformed her body and you, and you have to get it the six you want but she didn't transform her mind her mind wasn't like in the same place her new body was kind of because when she had this new physique and you know she had this new body she still had that kind of like her old mindset right how she was in her old body and physique. It's, it's, it's deeper than that. It's deeper than the mindset because she developed the right mindset for success for her fitness goals, which were to, you know, lose a certain amount of weight and, and okay. clothing sizes. But beyond that was the subconscious belief of dealing with her life when she was actually there. And this, you know, like I said, this was, this was kind of before I started really understanding the interplay between conscious and subconscious goal setting. And it's something I started introducing to people, right? Like a client of mine not too long ago, I, I took him through this visualization practice. Right, when you first started, when you first started working with him? Yeah, right at the beginning. Okay. You know, I did a guided meditation with him and I had him embodying that image he wanted of himself going from kind of like a dad bod into built muscular cut. That's awesome. That's a great, that's a great idea. And it's an important place to start because people for the most part, don't actually think about what, what their life, how their life would change when they start looking different. So what I, what I found at the end, so I closed the, the visualization and I brought him back and I asked him, how was that? And he's like, you know what? I actually felt, because I had him going, walking on the beach with his shirt off and everything. And he said, I was actually pretty uncomfortable. Right? Because you're dealing with people, people look at you. Right, right. Um, it's a lot different. You don't just kind of blend into the background anymore. You're a stand-up. And people don't think about that. It's, it's just, and that's what happened to, to this woman. Uh, in, in a certain aspect, and now she was like standing out. 
to the people that knew her. Okay. People that didn't. And, uh, you know, dealing with the quote-unquote repercussions of that. So is that not something you do with all your clients? Is you kind of set, set them up at the beginning with kind of an intention and a vision for what they want their outcome to be and who they want to kind of transform to? It has to start there. Everybody has to start there. Okay. Right? Like the first step before we even start, like, before I even start assessing their movement is where are we going? And what do you look like at the end of it? So once they set that intention up or create that vision for themselves, do they have to continue doing that through the whole program with you? Or do they do it on their own, like on a daily, where they meditate, they have to think about themselves? Or is it not that broad? Is it not that kind of... I mean, that's, that's you know, once, once I help them uncover what that image is, that's their work to do, right. right? And staying attached to that vision yeah, that's where they want themselves to be, right? And this, this is one thing that, I, that I've noticed that fitness can do for people is, is the whole process of how you approach yourself, right? When it comes to fitness, it can uncover a lot of underlying blocks yeah. in life in general. I've seen that. So you, you, you really can kind of step in and not just guide them on a physical journey, but a mental journey as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's important. It's important for themselves, right? Because the thing that um, I find a lot of people overlook when it comes to fitness is to do it successfully is going to require a lifestyle change. You can't be, like you said, you can't have the same mindset, meaning the same habits, the same belief system, and be successful. Right. Right? You have, there's so many, like even when it comes to a diet plan, right? It's not as simple as giving you food to eat because there is the habit of grocery shopping that a lot of people don't have. There's the cooking. There's the prep work. There's the cleanup. There's the packaging. There's making room in your fridge. There's all these other components involved in one new habit. Right. It's not just showing up at the gym working with the trainer. It's a whole other, it's a whole lifestyle change. It's a small part of it. That's a, that's a small part of it. Part of it, duh. But right. you know what? Like, like, just you breaking it down the way you are really makes, really you can see how it is a small part of it. But I think most people would just look at it as, no, you're just a trainer. You just train people at the gym. But it's actually way bigger than that. Yeah, or else, you know, you're just throwing money at a problem at the problem as opposed to doing the work, right? Uh, so this is really cool, man. So, so you come in and you kind of help them identify like their habits that they need to change, their, their limiting beliefs, um, eventually what's going on with their subconscious so they can kind of like release that, I'm assuming, and kind of switch that to a more positive uh, kind of vision for themselves, right? You're doing a lot more here than just kind of like training people. Um, yeah, and this is something that it's... Uh, it comes up, you know, I ask questions, it comes up in conversation and I just support them on checking in with their, especially their self-talk, right? And I find, in my experience, I find that a lot of limiting beliefs can be identified in, in almost like passing remarks. Okay. About their own life. Okay. Right? A lot, it's very common to hear the phrase, uh, to hear the phrase, you know, I suck. I really suck at this. 
right. or, or anything of that nature, right? And that's the kind of thing, it seems very innocent on the surface, but you're, it takes just as much effort to affirm the opposite and to affirm something positive, right? And the more we affirm things, as you know, the more practice we put into, into our exercises, the more practice we put into a certain skill, the more practice we put into a certain belief, that is going to compound in effect over time. So it's important to check people on that right away. Yeah. So do you keep them accountable for keeping on those beliefs and stuff throughout your program? Usually. Or is it challenging? Well, just being there and actually checking people on that and calling them forward into exploring that belief and just making them aware of it is enough to get them thinking about it. Okay. Right? And that's the first step to change. The first step to real transformation is awareness. Right. So you kind of help with another set of eyes and help them become more aware of what's going on with themselves. What, what kind of tips and stuff would you give to people as far as like, you know, when they're in that spot, they need to change their habits. Let, let's, let's even keep it just within your realm. Like you're starting this fitness journey or this lifestyle journey. What, what kind of like habits or tips would you give to change their habits? Which, it depends which categories we're talking about. Right. There's a bunch of different categories when it comes to fitness. There's your, there's your workouts and a host of new habits to develop there. There is your, your nutrition. Right. right. And I just like scratched the surface with what I mentioned earlier. There is potentially sleep. There's lifestyle. There's support system. Right. There is uh, your social uh, network or your social life. Right, and sometimes they conflict, and uh, it makes the journey a lot more challenging. Right, I can see that because you have to go from one, you know, one lifestyle that you've been living for, let's say, a while now, and then shift to a totally different type of a way of being, almost. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like it, you know, if if you're having three or four business dinners a week, and you're you're hosting, you have to host some clients, and you're kind of expected to drink wine all the time okay. eat, at, eat at nice restaurants or the opposite you know you have a bunch of friends that just like to drink a lot of beer and, and have you know pub food right if that's your social life it's going to make your personal fitness journey a lot more challenging than it needs to be right or your professional life right right i, I find and, and the thing is uh speaking about these these kind of small passing remarks uh one that I hear very often is I have to. I'm ex- or I'm expected to. Okay. Like people don't have a choice in the matter. You know, I have, to, uh, I have to drink beers with the boys. I have to, you know, have, have a, a glass or two of cognac with, with my clients. Right. Really? Yes, I, I actually, I can totally see that. People show up and they... they like show up as a person they think they're expected to be, right? Exactly. Right, as opposed to showing up with themselves. So this is really actually fascinating, man. Um, How how do you, like what kind of feedback have you been getting from your clients as far as like when you started implementing this new kind of like, I don't know, mindset kind of work that you're doing now? I think the most satisfying feedback, I don't know if this answers your question, but the most satisfying feedback is, is perhaps months later. Mm-hmm. After, uh, we've had a conversation of something of, of this nature 
and it just comes up that they're still they're still practicing something that I, I might have uh, mentioned to them months ago, right? Or even years go by, you know, and, and I, I check in with somebody or we were catching up and, hey, you know, I'm still doing some of the things you taught me a long time ago. Like, I find that really fulfilling. Yeah, I, I would imagine so, because you're like almost changing someone's life, right? And it could just be like a simple conversation that you had that triggered something in their mind and just sent them off in a little bit of a different direction. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that's it's an interesting thing because when it comes to uh, lifestyle change, it's, it's kind of like when I'm teaching an exercise, something that as, as a trainer, you just say, you almost say the same thing in different ways until it clicks for someone. Like some of these lifestyle habits, maybe they'll hear it a different way, something they've heard before, and just the way it was phrased or that specific moment of their life, it finally clicked for them. Right. Yeah, so it's, it's important, you know, and being in the role of a coach, you're supposed to support people in doing, in doing their best and being their best self, and uh, it doesn't support anybody by letting things slide that could help them. Right, yeah, I think that's, that's a really way, good way of putting it, because you're basically showing up for them um, and, you know, helping support them. Yeah. yeah. So, so how, long, how long have you been doing this for? How many years? I've been a personal trainer for 10 years. For 10 years. Um, so now, yeah, so now within your journey right now, what, what is your vision for yourself, you know, for the next 10 years? Or for, what's, the, what's the vision for your business? What is your... So I've, I've had my own business for just over three years. And I'm in the process of pivoting to focus more on the, uh, the self-care work when it comes to stretching, flexibility, mobility. It's something that has helped me in my life so much. I've been studying and practicing uh, and getting different certifications in, in movement, movement, joint stability, joint mobility, things of that nature. Basically, I call it self-applied physical therapy because that's what it is. And I started to teach workshops on this topic every so often. Uh, and that's something that I want to start doing more of, is these workshops and building out that as a separate business. I call it Fit Stretch. Oh, that's cool. That's a good name. Uh, developing these classes and workshops based on self-applied physical therapy because <clears throat> it's... Yeah, it came from a place of, I, like, me personally, I don't want, I, nothing against yoga. I just don't want to do yoga. I want to do my stretches, right? I want to do my foam rolling and all the crossbow work. And I would appreciate if I could just, just go to a class and follow along. Okay. But nothing like that existed. So I started developing, you know, turning what I've learned in all these certifications into something that is accessible for the general public. You know, these are people that, you know, they don't want to go to a certification. They don't know all this anatomical terminology and they don't care about it. They just want to show up, get it done because it's something that it's, it's hard to do on your own, right? Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of motivation, but if there's a class, you can just go to it. It's kind of like mentally check out and just follow along. You know, you're doing some good. Uh, this is something that I think is eventually going to be widely available and I'm um, just, making sure I'm at the forefront of that movement. Yeah, that sounds like, so it sounds like you're kind of building another kind of part of your business, right? You have the one-on-one trainings and now you're getting into something else, which, which is yeah. because 
I mean, like, you're the expert in your field, right? Other people are not, and they can totally benefit from all your expertise and your skills and, like, your trainings and such. So there's a huge, huge, like, benefit. Um, yeah, you know, and this, this kind of work is, it's either you have the, the professionals, like the teachers training the teachers, okay? Mm -hmm. so like me going to these, uh, you know, phys like who, some of the people I learned from were doctors of physical therapy, chiropractors, so-and-so. And then you have the teacher training the client one-on-one. -on -one. You know, not everybody wants to pay like 70 to $100 an hour just to learn something that they can do on their own later. Right. Well, the missing link is, is a group. The workshops, right? right? Workshops, classes. Classes, yes. Right? It's kind of like a yoga alternative. It's just, you know, for people, not just people that lift weights, right? It's, it's everybody that, you know, because I don't want to hold a lot of poses. It's not relaxing for me. It's not fun for me. You know, I just, I want to do the stretches I know are going to have the most benefit to me. Right. This, this is why, this is why I kind of stopped going to yoga because I would just find a good stretch and just hold that and kind of ignore what the class was up to. <laughs> <laughs> so, Right, you wanted to do it your own way. You found another kind of path that you could take and also help other people now. Yeah, exactly. So this, this, is, this is what I'm working on right now. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so what kind of stuff do you go through like on a daily basis? Like, Because like, you've been through a lot of work and now you're helping your clients with shifting your mindset and removing blocks and dealing with your limiting beliefs and all these kind of things that show up in your life. So can you just talk a little bit about like what you go through on a daily or weekly basis um, that kind of keeps you in a positive mindset? That's a great question because this year has been a, a very challenging year for me. I, yeah, my grandma was diagnosed with dementia and she checked into a nursing home. She's just been getting really frail. Uh, it's been worse and worse. My dad was diagnosed with brain cancer. He had a stroke and left him paralyzed. Um, my, my mom, through a series of circumstances, uh, ended up becoming homeless from some mental health issues that stemmed from some mental health issues. So it's, it's been a really challenging, and there's more, I could go on. It's been a really challenging year. Yeah, I, I wasn't aware of all that, so thank you for sharing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, self-care has been such an important thing for me, and, I, and I've, I've yeah. failed at it. Uh, a lot this year you know like like dealing with all this stuff kind of coming to a head at once you know i i even turned to substances right i was i was drinking and i'm not a i don't consider myself a drinker yeah i know that actually yeah yeah no i was drinking uh to numb myself right and this is not something that i know is is who i am Right, I, I don't shy away from doing this kind of work, but it was just, it was like the slow progression into kind of almost drinking every day. Um, can, I just, I to escape. can I just ask, like, you talked about the subconscious before, you got these subconscious kind of habits and feelings. Is this kind of fall into that realm where you were just dealing with a lot of stuff and then almost like something triggered you subconsciously that you needed to start drinking, which is out of your normal routine? Part of it, I don't know if it was subconscious, but part of it was, it was a lot of heavy topics that were very new to me. Okay. Right. And, and it was, it was, it wasn't long. It was probably like uh, maybe two months and I wouldn't say it was, you know, a serious problem, but it was noticeable. Okay. And 
eventually climb back out of it. Right. But it's, it's it, it, you know, it can happen. It can happen to anybody. Oh, 100%. But maybe you could talk a little bit about how you got yourself out of it and then how you got yourself back into, you know, more of a positive headspace. The first thing for me was acknowledging it. Okay. Right? And being honest with myself. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and just committing to change. I find that if you really dig into, you know, I really dig into myself. I'm like, is this something that I want to change? For some people, if you press them on some bad habits, underneath it all, maybe there's something that's serving them and they don't want to actually change. So I had to want to change, which I did. Um, I had to be honest with myself. And then I just set a goal immediately for the next 30 days. Can I go the next 30 days? Right. And the setting a goal thing is also very common in the programs you do with your clients. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I like to focus on short-term goals. I find those are the best for habit building as opposed to a vague, like, I'm just going to do this. Right. Like, okay, I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop smoking. No, it's like, okay, no, for the next 10 days, for the next 30 days. Oh, I see. Something you can commit to. Right. That is a much easier concept to deal with, I, I believe. I agree. Definitely agree. Than, the, than this notion of permanence. Right. It starts small, baby steps. Exactly. And yeah, some of the habits, you know, they become permanent. They're just who you are now. You embody it. And some of them, you just kind of get back into control. So I, I did that. And then, you know, and you know, I'm drinking again, but it's just maybe a glass of wine here and there. Uh, so definitely, definitely not to get trashed. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with having a drink here and there. Um, so what kind of stuff do you do as far as like on a daily basis, um, you know, to, to keep yourself kind of like level headed? And like I said, just in that positive kind of mindset, I'm really interested to know even kind of more about your habits and such. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the biggest one I find is sleep. Oh, okay. I was expecting that one. Nice. Yeah. Budgeting enough time for sleep. For me, I, I find that I really function best with seven hours. Six to eight hours, I would say. Let's say seven. Is, uh, it does a lot of good for me. It, it helps my mood. It helps my energy. I have enough energy to not just train people on and off for 12 hours, but get my own workouts, do some cooking if I need to. I'm just in a positive mood overall. I find if I don't get that sleep, a lot of things can go sideways in my day. Right. If your energy is depleted, even, even mentally, you're just not there as alert. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, sleep is a big one um, on a daily basis. I don't know, more weekly basis, I would frame it. Uh, you know, I make sure I have some time for myself, journaling. Daily, I would say, yeah, having time for myself, having some quiet time is important to me. I spend a lot of time in a very extroverted role that I like to go the opposite route when I'm home. Very smart, yeah. You like to go internal. Yeah, exactly. And uh, sometimes that shows up as meditating, sometimes it's reading. Uh, I do a lot of writing. I, I write in my journal. Uh, something I've gotten way more into lately is cooking. So okay. What kind of cooking? Different recipes, you know, and, and just really finding a lot of pleasure in that. 
like healthy cooking, like for your workouts or just like? I call it, I call it healthy gourmet. Healthy gourmet. Okay, so now we got, what was the other one? You got healthy gourmet and you got the fit, fit stretch. Those are your two. <laughs> right? well, healthy gourmet is not a business. It's just, it's just what I'm doing for myself. Uh, I really, uh, really started enjoying it a lot and different uh, like methods and. Because there's definitely a connection, obviously, between how you eat and your fitness, right? It's definitely a crossover. Oh, it's huge. But I mean, the side benefit is I'm getting way better at cooking. Way more versatile. I'm eating, it's a lot healthier with similar ingredients, right? It's still healthy, right? And I actually really appreciate the mindfulness that goes into the whole cooking process, right? From the prep to the cleanup to the actual cooking. There's a lot of opportunities to be just very in the present moment during all of that, which is very rewarding for me. It's like meditating for people who don't want to sit still. Right. Okay. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> right. It's just a meditative process or activity that you can do. that just kind of puts you in that, that kind of seduced state. If you choose to make it so. If you choose to. Right. So again, going back to setting the intention. Right. There's definitely a common pattern in the way you do your business and the way you run your life, which I think is awesome because that's again, much more authentic than that. Like, you know, as you show up for yourself, it seems like you show up for uh, like everybody else. Is that, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I just had a question about like limiting beliefs and stuff. So I think that's a huge one. And obviously it's huge within your business and stuff. Is there any types of like exercises or something that you can give to people as a way of identifying those limiting beliefs? That's a great question. As a way of identifying your own limiting beliefs, I would say you, you start with your goal and pay attention to what's going on in your head after that. Oh, that's clever, man. Right? Yeah. If I, if I set a goal of, you know, I want to I wanna make a million dollars revenue next year, the immediate thought that follows that is really what we can focus on. Yeah, right away. Like, that's not going to happen. I love it. Right away, your mind goes into the defensive and starts bringing up. You can't make a million dollars. Never done that. I, like, no one's going to buy your stuff. Like, all that kind of. Right away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. If it comes to fitness, same thing, right? It's like, you know, I want to I wanna, uh, lose 20 pounds. I want to lose three inches. Right. And that comes up after. So something, something that, that worked for me and that I came across actually recently is once you've identified those limit, limiting beliefs, then counter those limiting beliefs with progressive statements, right? So saying like, I will lose 100 pounds in 30 days and have the best body I've ever had in my life, right? That's a progressive statement that you can say over and over again to get into your head that you can accomplish something, right? Because if you're constantly thinking about those, negative, those limiting beliefs, then like you're saying, it goes into your subconscious and that's kind of how you show up. That's how you see yourself, right? Mm-hmm. On the flip side, if you can hone in on like what's positive and what's progressive and what's going to get you where you want to be, then you keep saying that to yourself over and over again, you'll start believing and thinking that way. And I think for me, that's a huge shift as soon as you start thinking in a different way, right? Changing your kind of your mindset. It's, it's, more than that, it's also feeling. So Joe Dispenza, yes. one, of my, one of my favorite teachers, one of his 
catchphrase is, is, is to, to manifest anything. You have to combine a clear intention with an elevated emotion, right? right? The clear intention could be the phrase. It could be the, the image, could be both with especially a positive emotion. Because if you're just saying these words, but underlying that is this feeling of hopelessness or desperation or disbelief, that's not going to really get you anywhere. Right. You have to connect the mind with the body and the body with the mind, right? Absolutely. Yeah. The feeling behind that. And, and that's why it's so important to have a clear image of who you want to be, where you want to be, and start to train your mind to feel good about it. Train your body to feel good about it. Right. I like that. Experience the fulfillment right. of that goal ahead of the actual experience, just like Joe Dispenza says. Yeah. It's much more likely to drive you straight to it. Yeah, I, I definitely can, can resonate with that. And, and that's a huge point. It's not just about the mind. You're right. It's about how you feel, right? Because like, and I think that it's really important to actually call that out because from the negative side, when you get into those negative um, states of mind, it's because your body is feeling a certain way. But before your body can feel a certain way, you're thinking something, right, that triggers that emotion in your body, then you're, then you're body starts to feel that way if you can catch yourself thinking those certain things before it connects with your body you can stop it and then start thinking about something else that will take you in a positive direction and i went through uh one of dr Dodo spence's books um the habits of changing yourself and i went through his meditative like um what do you want to call it his meditative practices that he has in the book and stuff and he talks about i'm memorizing certain emotions to make room for new emotions and feelings that you can literally manifest through, man through uh, meditation just by thinking about something and, and connecting that feeling with it. You can have that feeling before you even go through that experience. So really being able to catch yourself into what, like you said before, about being aware and observing yourself is, is so powerful in, into changing your habits. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yep. Breaking the habit of being yourself. That's it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. He's a very powerful teacher. Yeah, I really, I've been enjoying this work as well. Um, okay, awesome, man. So pretty much getting to the end of the call here, as uh, one of the, like, the exercises I like to do just with everybody that I talk to is to hone in on like if there's a habit or tendency that you currently have in your own life right now that may be holding you back or maybe setting off a limiting belief. Is there anything that if you could kind of release and let go of that's not serving you? Is there anything you could do at this time? Let me think about that. A habit that I want to let go of. Or it could even be like a, a thought pattern. It could be a tendency. Just something that you know is just not serving you. I'll give you an example if it helps. Like yeah, sure. for myself, one of, the, one of the habits I needed to let go of was how much time I was spending on screens um, that wasn't like work related. So. I would spend a lot of time in the evening just like surfing stuff on my phone, watching videos and stuff. And it was a habit that I, I had to let go of because I could be utilizing that time to work on myself. I could be journaling, I could be reading, I could be uh, meditating, I could be doing something that was gonna benefit me for my overall vision, right? So I needed to let go of that habit and that pattern I have of just submersing myself in other people's content, other people's worlds that really wasn't doing me any good. It was giving me short-term gain and fulfillment have nothing to do with my overall bigger vision. For me, it's, it's, a, it's a constant challenge of, of doubt. Like, I can't do this. 
Okay. Or I can't do this on my own. Um, or like gather the right people and resources needed to, to make my business even more successful. Right? So that's definitely a thought pattern I would really like to let go. How do you, how do you deal with that now when that, when that pattern comes up? With the doubt? Yeah. I usually, I usually talk to people. Like I have a support network. I have, I have some really key people in my life that I lean on when I'm going through something challenging um, that can hold space for me. I have uh, become really good at requesting help. Like, hey, I need some support. Can you make some time for me? Can we talk tonight? Right? So if, I'm, if for some reason I'm feeling really uh, down on myself, in that sense, um, spending quality time with, with, with friends or, uh, that we love and that listen really well, Right, so sharing is a key thing for you. Like, if there's something going on, whatever, sharing it with these key people. Is sharing really- is huge. Yeah, I I tend to process a lot of my emotion in conversation. I've learned that about myself. I, typically, what I'll do is I'll start writing. I'll ask my question. I'll ask myself a question in my journal. You know, why why am I feeling like this? What's what's coming up for me? I'll answer as much as I can, and then that's usually what I'll the next stage for me would be to have a conversation with somebody about it. Somebody that I, I trust. Right. I think that that's really key to surround yourself with people that can obviously be a support system for you, but also help rise you up. Right. Cause when you're having that self doubt, it's kind of nice to have other people tell you whether you got this, you're really good at this. Like this is what you're supposed to be doing. Don't sweat it. Right. As opposed to having people in your ear saying, no, 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 you can't do this. Right. Like what are you talking about? It's a crazy idea. Right. Like, there's people in your life that will rise you up and there's people that in your life that will kind of bring you down. So it sounds to me like you, you've done a good job of like creating a good circle of friends that can really support you. Yeah, absolutely. And really uh, investing in those kind of relationships has been key. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah, you've probably noticed this too. There's, there's, there may be like some friendships you've encountered that have been a one-way street or uh, – your friendship hasn't really been reciprocated. Um, but I find it's, it's just as important to, to be the one that checks in and to also bring that up because some people just aren't aware of it. That's just their default mode of being. They just don't check in on people. They're too busy dealing with their life. I mean, it happens to all of us. Yeah. But if, if you, know, you really appreciate this person's friendship, you can just talk to them about it. Hey, <laughs> I feel like you're not really here anymore. What's going on? Yeah. Oh, that, that's, a, that's another really good tip, man. Uh, Sounds like anyone would be lucky to have you as a friend. <laughs> Thanks for saying that. <laughs> Make it a little cheesy, but you get the idea. Because it's true. You got to check in with people. It just says you want people to check in with you. And you support people and bring them up just as you want to be brought up as well. So, also, this idea of, of those kind of challenging conversations, I think it's, it's important. Like, who else are we going to have it with than our friends? Right. Yes. And, how to be, and being able to, like, you know, identify who the right people are to have this conversation with. It's huge. Well, it's literally a matter of, you know, something that you, you would do with your partner. Like, hey, how can I show up better for you in this relationship, in this friendship? Right. Am I doing something that you prefer I, I don't do? Or am I not doing something that you would prefer I, I do? Right. Right? Yeah, so, so. Little check-ins like that. I'm seeing that, like, huge values for you, like, not just the sharing part, 
but also the connection, right? And the communication, connection and communication. Um, yeah. You can be a really big part of your values. Yeah, I, I don't, um, I've learned to not wait to, sh to acknowledge mm, friends, right? Like wait for something to happen. You know, if I, if I want to thank them for something just, or just for being there all the time, or share some love for them, you know, I just do it as it comes up. Right, and then even in your business, is it fair to say that, you know, you're kind of not holding back, that you're gonna be blunt and honest with your clientele in a way that's gonna support them and get them closer to the goals. You're not gonna be one of these people that's gonna sugarcoat it, tell them you're doing good, like when they're not really showing up for themselves, right? You're not gonna tell them what they want to hear, you're gonna tell them the truth, right? Yeah, I mean, Understanding their personality and how they receive feedback is important to that. I just think that's really important though. Cause like I've been personally, I've had a personal trainer and stuff and it was more just about going through his routine and him saying, okay, great, you're doing it. Okay, great, you're doing it. And now when I think about what you're saying and the way you work with your clients, I was like, you never really was pushing me or calling me out on stuff or making me grow or become a better person, right? He was just taking me through the motions. And I think that's probably a huge thing when it comes to hiring a personal trainer or fitness coach uh, any coach in general you know are they, are they uh, damn right. passionate about what they do i think is an important question yeah because right? if it's just a job for them right it's not going to work right it's not going to work for you you're just going to get you're going to get the bare minimum right right okay well i think just to sum it up um there's there's a lot of kind of like like i said similarities between like your business and yourself um you're definitely a huge believer in moving those blocks, identifying the limiting beliefs, and shifting your, your mindset you know, towards a vision for yourself and a goal that you can actually, is achievable and that you can go after. Um, so I think that's really commendable. How can people you know, check you out, uh, learn more about you, or even contact you if they want? Yeah, so my website is julianthomasfitness.com. Uh, I have social media accounts, of course. I've been largely off it this year due to some of the circumstances I've mentioned earlier. Uh, but on Facebook, I'm Julian Thomas, and Instagram is also Julian Thomas Fitness. But yeah, if, if people want to reach out, they can find me through my website. Yeah, especially if you're, like you said, a newbie to fitness, and you're looking to get a huge transformation in your life, not just physically, but also in your mindset. Sounds like you're the man to go to. Appreciate that. Thanks, Jeremy. All right. Well, it's good chatting with you, and uh, yeah, we'll talk again soon. Take it easy. Thanks, brother. You too. Okay.